I barely even walked the last water at the ducks. Like I walked the option a bunch of times. And I was like, I, if I make it this far, I am not doing the direct route. I'm not doing it. It's not worth the risk. I'm not doing it. And then coming down the hill, I saw it and I was like, should I do it? <laughs> yeah, no, I should do it. Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans, by eventing fans. And as usual, we like to thank our sponsor, Main and Tail, Karen. We, we love Main and Tail. We love Main and Tail. We absolutely love Main and Tail. You know who else loves Main and Tail, Karen? Caroline Martin. Caroline Martin. Caroline is on with us. I think I'm the number one fan, to be honest, guys. I swear, I've been using the product since I was seven years old. And they're actually a local company uh, where I live in Pennsylvania. So they really have a special place in my heart. And people would not believe the amount of products they make. You know, you always think man and tail, the shampoo and conditioner. Well, they make the Tangler. They make this killer shine-on spray that makes the horse's coat look amazing. They have spray and braid. They have everything. You don't have to go anywhere else to buy products. They're affordable. They're a family-run company. Like, and they're just the nicest group of people. So I could not think of a better company to go out and support. So if you have a horse, please only buy Mean and Tail. They're just, they go above and beyond. And they give back so much to the community. So they're they're honestly the best company I've ever worked with. So We love them. Yeah, we, we, we love them, And too. that's all I use. Yep. That's, that's what, all we that's use. That's what gives me my shine in my hair. So. So Caroline, do you use it in your own hair? Yeah, yes, absolutely. Yes, we do. I use it. <laughs> Even our dogs use it. Even our dogs, absolutely. Well, we have one dog with really oh. bad hair, Caroline, so he uses the uh, the, the Protect line stuff because he has bad coat. So it fixes oh. him right up. Yep, so. See? Just another benefit of main tail. They Seriously, they make anything you need. So Absolutely. And nothing with tests, nothing with drug tests. There's... They just go above and beyond. They are the best. So, all right. Well, thanks a lot, Main and Tail. And thank you, Caroline, for joining us for that little spot. Triple Crown Feed. Oh, Karen. yeah. Triple Crown. Big fans of Triple Crown Feed. Um, they have a t- tons of, of great products out there. Mm-hmm. Premium stuff. Um, Karen, what do you got to say over there? So Triple Crown has formulas that are tailored to your horse's unique needs and help support immunity and gut health. Find your local triple crown feed dealer by going to triplecrownfeed.com triplecrownfeed.com that's a little bit of a tongue twister triplecrownfeed.com they have a great feed locator they have a great feed comparison tool on their website I encourage everyone to get over there check out triple crown feeds website check out the different products check out what makes them so special and give them a shot right Karen oh yeah support the people to support the show so, Karen, you've had your Fairfax and Favorite Virginias for, for a, a while now, and I see you wearing them. It's great. It's a great fall outfit, you know, uh, a shoe, and you've been wearing them, and everyone gives you lots of compliments. But tell me, how do they feel, and how are they holding up now that you have them for a couple months? They are holding up really good. There is a memory foam for the foot, so they're nice and comfortable. I can wear them all day long, and they do not bother me. And there's also a hidden stretch panel. So they do look like they're form-fitted, but they actually stretch, and it makes it really nice and comfortable. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I know a lot of people ask you all the time. They say, oh, they, they, you know, my legs aren't going to fit in there and anything like that. So you're saying they got a little bit of stretch in them to kind of... Yeah, and they also have a sporting fit. So they're great for whatever size you are. 
very cool. So Fairfax and Favorite definitely has all the bases covered. Kim. All of them. And you can switch out the tassels. Yeah, the tassels are cool. So whatever you're wearing, you can have a tassel to match. And which is kind of cool. Now, I mean, I know I'm a guy and all that, but it is kind of cool to say you have one pair of boots. Think about it. You just buy a different tassel. Voila. Voila. A whole new boot. Well, or another pair of boots. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I'm, I'm, you're breaking up, Karen. You're, I don't hear you so well. So, how do people find out about Fairfax and Favor, Karen? Oh, they just go to fairfaxandfavor.com. Taylor Harris Insurance Services. There for all equestrians, amateur, and the professional. For all types and all breeds. No matter what discipline or level. Taylor Harris is committed to excellence in serving you and protecting the horses you love. Taylor Harris Insurance Services, your worldwide equine insurance specialists. Okay. I'm Rob. And I'm Karen. And Rob's super excited about today's guest. I'm super excited, Karen. Yes, yeah, ma'am. we have five-star rider, Allie Knowles. Allie, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Very exciting, Kim. Yeah. I always love it when we get the five-star riders <laughs> Yes, on. we do. Yes. You know, yes. It's very, very special. And not just any five-star rider. Yeah. She just finished up at Fair Hill or Maryland Five-Star. Maryland Five-Star. Five star. Very, yes. very, very great. That was very exciting. 11th, yeah. 11th place. Just, yeah. just right there. It was amazing. And it was your first five-star on this horse, right? It was. It was. It was our first five-star together. Um, I've had him for a few years now. And it was sort of my long range goal going into, uh, being pregnant last year. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, my end goal, I'm going to get to Maryland on Mooreswood. And so to even be able to start the event was accomplishment for me. So yeah. to have it go that well, that was a, that was a really big deal. So that, that was a question I had was why, what, what, what was Maryland the, the the goal all along? And and I guess it was being that you were going back to getting back in the saddle and everything. So the spring five-star at Kentucky wasn't really going to be in the cards. No, no, that was never, that was never part of the, part of the plan. Um, he was very barely qualified or he and I were barely qualified together, even if we wanted to do Kentucky and luckily, because I didn't want to push myself to try to like make some sort of wild goal at, with a, you know, barely four month old to then do a first five star, yeah. you know, like it was all, it was all too many things. Um, so it worked out perfectly that I didn't have anyone really ready for Kentucky. Um, <laughs> so I was able to just come back fairly naturally. Um, you know, it was still a push to like get everything I wanted to get done. Um, but you know, usually if it's meant to work out, I believe that it, it will, you know, and if it's not, if you're, if, then it will naturally sort of not go that direction and things just kept lining up for us this year. And, you know, he and I were, were, were definitely on the same track. And so sort of by late summer, when I mentioned it to Buck, which has been my coach forever, um, and I was like, I don't know. What do you think? Even though it was been, been in my mind for like months and months, like hopefully he doesn't think I'm crazy. <laughs> and uh, he was like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, okay. And then just, you know, make sure that X, Y, and Z sort of line up and make sure that, you know, plantation goes just how you want it to and, and everything sort of did. So 
we're like, all right, well, I guess we're going. And it all was sort of a, a pretty ideal show for me. Yeah. I have no doubt with an 11th place, you know, placing that's, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. First time out 11th place. But like, just a wow. little bit of time. Yeah. From your score. Yeah. And, yeah. No, he's a, he's, he's an amazing little pony. Like he's mostly blood and, um, he had a great, a great start, um, with Piggy March and one of her students, um, that competed him during Young Riders. And so he's super well-schooled. And then I had him and done intermediate with him for a few years, but advanced, um, in 19, 19, we did one advanced in 20 before COVID shut down, shut us down. And then, um, and then all this year. So, you know, we've had to do a lot of getting to know each other, but basically he's game. I love him. He loves me. <laughs> so it all works out well together. And the cross country, you know, in retrospect, um, I, I, I know I can go faster. Like I was just so concerned that what if he was one of the ones that really did get tired because the ones that did got really tired, the ones that didn't seem to be fine. And I didn't want to, I, I just wanted to finish. And I told myself, you're going to, you're going to finish clean. You're going to have 20 seconds of time. And that's that. And so I got nearly that <laughs> 18 seconds of time. I'll take that. And I think there was plenty of places next time I can go faster, but this time was really about having a confident finish in all three phases that we could improve on next year and the year after. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What, what a fantastic! Yeah. How did you how did you like that course? When, when being that we're on the topic of this moment, mm -hmm. five star. <clears throat> when 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 walking it versus riding it, did did it did it kind of go in according to plan, or what do you think? Yeah, it, I mean, almost, almost identically to plan. Almost, um, it walked pretty scary, um, and the terrain was. Like, I mean, it was so severe um, that, you know, you just didn't know, like nobody knew, nobody knew how the horses were going to handle it. And um, I thought that was kind of fun because like it all put everybody on a semi-level playing field because right. nobody had ridden it before. So that was kind of fun. Um, and it was, uh, it was imposing without being impossible looking, you know, it was, every individual question looked like, okay, I can do this. Like the, okay. The crowd was very scary, but you know, it ended up riding super well for almost everybody. And, um, I was past halfway through the day. So I got to watch probably too much and, um, overthink it a little bit. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I kind of knew that at least everything was reading pretty well. Um, and that horses, if they were getting tired, they were getting really tired. And so, you know, I just went out with sort of my plan. The only thing that changed was I took an option early on in the course, maybe 12B, maybe as well. Um, he jumped over one of the jumps in like much bigger than I expected. And I was like, yeah, no, I really, I really just want to jump clean. So I just made that last minute decision. Like, I'll just go around, I'll just yeah. go around and jump the jump. Cause you know, like, again, in retrospect, you're like, okay, I think I can make it. 
I'm sure he would have made it. Like, I'm sure he's super honest. He probably would have tried, but then what if that early on the course, I just had to run out. I would have just been so bummed. So I knew I'd be less bummed about time than I would be about a stop. And so, you know, other than that, it, it really did ride very much according to plan that the, I only did one other, like I barely even walked the last water at the ducks. Like I walked the option a bunch of times. And I was like, I, if I make it this far, I am not doing the direct route. I'm not doing it. It's not worth the risk. I'm not doing it. And then coming down the hill, I saw it and I was like, should I do it? (laughs) Yeah, no, I should do it. And like, that was like, I walked it that morning once and I was like, yeah, no, I'm gonna go for it. He feels fresh. And so that was the only other thing that was like a real Last minute decision. How about that? But it rode fine. <laughs> the scariest thing. thing to me was the, I don't know if you would call it the leaf pit or like the, the down bank, the down drop to like yeah. the two like cabins that were angled. That that looked to me like it was like impossible, but everyone pretty much rode it pretty good for the most part. Yeah, it, I agree. It did look, there was a lot of time spent for a lot of riders standing there thinking how best to do this. Uh, and my concern was that was the that was the only question that just to me I couldn't read. Like I didn't see it. And if I can't see it, then I can't feel it. Like in my brain, if I can't feel how it's supposed to feel, then I can't let it go. Like I so I have to keep going until I can imagine how this is gonna feel. And that was the that was the one question that I was like. I don't know, like our horse is going to pick up on this line. It really, to me, it really didn't seem like it. Um, so I had walked the option. I, you know, the long way around and, um, and Ginge, he's, I mean, he's, he's not, I knew he wasn't going to overjump the bank. I knew I could probably add a stride if I needed to. And so then once I saw a few horses go through it and just sort of ears forward, oh yeah, I see it. And I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe, maybe they will see it. And so I went off the bank as slow as I felt, you know, as, as brave as I was able to, um, cause obviously the slower you go closer, you heard stopping, but I had, I thought he would just pop off it, which he did. I added, you know, it was either a bending four or a bending five. And I felt like the ones that did the four, well, it gave them one less second to see it. And luckily I'm on a really rideable horse. He's really small. Um, and so it, I was, I felt like I was able to do it. And I, I popped down the bank, I waited and he like walked right on and it, it, like it happened before I even knew it. And I was like, Oh, well that, okay. Okay. Ginge, I see you, you got it. And then away we were, so I'd give him a big pat. All right. But yeah, no, I agree. I didn't think it was going to be quite as, as computable as it was to them. Yeah. And there's a tree there too. So I don't know right. how it looked on TV for the people that weren't there, but there's a tree kind of splitting the, 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 the three star from the five star away. I mean, it was, it was, it was scary looking, but everyone wrote it so good. Like I said, there was a little bit of trouble here and there, but, but for the most part, I was like, yeah. when we got there, you know, we walked the whole course. And when we got there, I'm like, these horses are just f- cruising right through. No problem. So. Yeah, no, they did. They did. They honestly seemed to pick it up much better than I anticipated which was great thank um, god the, thank god the horses weren't afraid of <laughs> we were all yeah, exactly. but you know that's that's sort of what ian's known for you know i mean like that it looks scary to the human and not the horse yeah. and the horses read it better than we can see it and i mean he was he was dead on and 
they did. They read it super well and the whole way through. I mean, like they seemed to understand it. So. And how did you like, how did you like Merlin's? I think it's kind of nice that they did. It, it, It wasn't a, it wasn't a copy, a carbon copy of Kentucky. It definitely had its own feel, different type of arena layout and everything like that. What, how did you like it? Did overall, how was your experience? You know, I thought they did an amazing job. I mean, like, like through and through, it was a beautiful event. Uh, the footing was awesome. I thought they, I mean, I don't know if an extra year of preparation helped them. Surely it must have, um, because it just seemed just well, so well planned out all the way down to the details. I mean, like the, the riders were treated so well and the footing was good and the jumps were beautiful and the VIP stuff was awesome and tasty and the party was really fun and the um you know i can't speak to the trade fair i actually never made it um through there but the stabling was good it was right next to my camper like it all the way down it was it was just a really well done event the uh the main ring was smaller um which actually i thought added a lot of atmosphere like the the Rolex ring has its own feel and it's very high in atmosphere because it's so big and so grand feeling. Um, Whereas Maryland's ring, it all feels very closed in and it's not a tiny ring by any means, but it's definitely smaller. And with the, you know, all four sides closed, it added its own atmosphere, which I actually really liked. Like I felt (laughs) really warmly welcomed in that ring, if that makes sense. Like yeah. it just felt like everybody was really involved and really excited. And you could feel the people like right here. Yeah. 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 Well, because yeah. yeah. you didn't have a giant wall that you didn't have, you know, the, 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 the spectators were right, right on top there. Of yeah. it. I mean, there right was, there. There was right a there. difference. Yeah. There was this a little distance for camera, like photographers to be between the ring rails, you know, the, 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 the fencing to yeah, the, some areas. Yeah. But, and then, but yeah, I mean, and we were in the stands watching it and, um, you know, we, we had a great view. I mean, it was fantastic. So yeah, yeah, definitely, uh, loved it. So we're glad you had a good experience and yeah, it was very fun. The whole, yeah. the whole thing. So I'll be congrats, back. congrats yeah, on that. And, and, and we're so thankful that, you know, <clears throat> thankful for the fact that we have our, that second five star in the country now. So someone like yourself who you needed those extra couple months to get yourself and the horse qualified and prepared fully for a five-star instead of waiting an entire another year, year or so, you know, or, yeah. or, or, you know, and then you have another off season and then a startup, yeah. again. you know, the fact that you can continue through and, and, you know, we're just so thankful to have two five stars in America now. So, and you're, you're a perfect, so thankful. Yeah. yeah. And you, you know, place an so 11th. So thankful. Let's keep that going. <laughs> place an 11th that shows that, Hey, you know, that little extra time was a big difference between, not even really feeling fully prepared to being prepared and, you know, and placing so well. So I think that's, we're so. Thankful. Yeah. And, and, you know, to actually to touch on that, I think that maybe because we have two options, I think we will be able to feel less pressure to have a horse ready and, and less, um, not say people go knowing that they're not quite ready, but because we never really know for sure uh, until we try. But 
I just think it's going to take a little bit of pressure off of us in America to, to try to have that horse get there. It's only six months. Like let's, let's just put it off and let's get a better result and let's have horses better prepared and fitter and stronger and riders more prepared and more education instead of going to Kentucky. Let's just do one more forward long so that we're really, really properly ready um, as a whole. And then, you know, the riders that are lucky enough to have multiple horses, I cannot even fathom how those guys go around on three times in a row on at Kentucky or at Maryland. Like that just sounds exhausting. And like, hopefully one day I'm lucky enough to do that, but just to have the option to say, okay, you know what, that, that, that was a little greener. Why don't we just wait on that one instead? If we didn't have that, you know, be like, Oh, do we want to wait an entire year when the next year is a games year or something, you know, whatever the case I think it's going to really open up a lot of opportunity for America to just be better and more competitive as a country yeah. and as individual writers. Yeah. And you touched on something too, that that you may or may not be able to speak on this or, or, or it may not be a smart question, but do you think that the cross country course would lend itself to say, okay, this is a Merlin. Like if you, if, if you were searching for a horse, like, do you think a five-star horse is a, would be a five-star horse across the board or would it kind of be like, you know, you, like you said, your horse has some blood, like maybe that's a more of a Maryland type because of all the hills, or do you think that really doesn't really matter? Do you think? Um, no, I think it matters. Okay. It, it definitely think it matters. Yeah, there's more, yeah. I mean, you know, not to say that that they couldn't necessarily do it, but there's certainly courses that suit uh, some horses better than others. You know, if you if you had a less bloody horse. Um, yeah, there's there's other courses like Poe that don't don't have terrain or not as much terrain um, that would suit that horse better. Or you have, you know, a, a not as strong of a show jumper, but you have one that can really go fast and make the time. Well, yeah, Maryland probably would have been better. Um, and so, you know, and that then maybe it gives us a little bit more a different feel so that when we do go to Europe, we have a a better feel for other terrain. Like it was an interesting graph that was, you know, floating around in the internet that was showing Kentucky's versus Burley's versus Maryland's terrain. Like I thought that was a very interesting graph. Um, and so I just feel like we, you know, that gives us a better preparation for what to expect maybe or how better to prepare for Burley because it, had, it was, it was different, but it was, it was every bit as hard. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Or as high of elevation or however you want to put it. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that yeah. info. Cause I, you know, there, we, we haven't gotten a chance to really talk to that many riders that have been through Maryland right. uh, since this happened. So really great to be able to just get your thoughts and everything like that. Cause we're like, we're, I don't know if you know, we're local to, 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 to the Maryland five star in Fairhill and, and uh, you know, we were so excited for it. And it's just great to be able to, get the feedback now yeah. in here. Cause we thought it was fantastic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, it was, it was, it was really fantastic. And I would, I would say it's going to be even bigger and better next year. Oh yeah. You know, I oh. think it left a good taste in, in a lot of people's mouths. You know, I think that people want more, Yeah, which is yeah. great. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Wow, so we really jumped ahead of things. Yeah, we jumped ahead. Sometimes we just go the end. Now let's go back. Go with the flow. Listen, hammer down, full throttle. We're back off vacation. Shot out of a cannon. Yes. <laughs> I got a little. I got a little tan. I got a little glow. Oh, nice! So you guys were on a cruise. Yeah, on a cruise. Oh. I was. 
the Junkanoo dancers uh, wanted to recruit me. I don't know if you saw my video of oh, yeah. dancing, but they, okay. the, uh, if, yeah. you, if you go to Coco <laughs> K, you get greeted by these dancers. And they uh, they were so impressed by my moves, they wanted to offer me a spot. But I said, yes. no, I got Allie Knowles on Monday. I'm got a podcast. <laughs> I was this close to becoming a Junkanoo dancer. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah. They look good to have a yeah, good time. You can live on that island. Yeah, you have yeah, to live on not? that island for nine <laughs> months with nothing else there. Just do the electric slide every day. Yeah. <laughs> it might get old. It might yeah. get old. Yeah. It yeah. might get old. <laughs> so, Allie, uh, we always love to hear where you're coming to us from. So, can you tell us where you're at right now? I'm at home in Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah, sitting in my dining room. <laughs> Got a very fancy backdrop. Yeah, to I know. It. Like we I've were commenting. At that. Oh yes. What is it? Is very that a fancy wall, or? isn't it? I know. What is that? Is that a yeah. wallpaper or paint or what is that? It is. It is a wallpaper. I mean, I wish you could see the whole thing. It's a. Uh, it's. Um, it was built in the seventies and seventies. It was the seventies, um, and we, the owners of my farm also own this house um and we rent it from them and it is um very old school it was it was designed decades ago and it's never been changed so it's a very fancy background yeah it looks better than the same like it. I- <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Most of the sure. 70s I'm like eh, I don't know yeah, that looks like if- there's some other rooms that aren't quite as good yeah. But this one is pretty, <laughs> it's pretty cool looking at least. That is cool. Looking. Yeah, that, that is neat. Very, it's very, very neat. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so Ellie, can you take us back and tell us how you got your start in riding and then into eventing? Well, I, um, I'm from California originally and, um, I started riding cause my sister loved riding ponies and she wanted riding lessons and my mom rode horses just for fun. Um, and since my mom had a horse and my sister had a horse and I wanted a horse, I didn't really like it, but I, I just wanted to be cool like my sister. So I stuck with it somewhere along the lines that I really ended up liking it. And my sister quit and, and I stayed with it. And, um, so I just rode for fun and, and my mom got me a pony club when I was eight. And, um, she was in the DC and RS and the whole thing in pony club. And so we were very active and went through the whole thing and got my A and yada, yada. And, um, during that time I was, I, you know, I had applied for college and planned to do that and not do horses as professionally actually. Um, and then I went through intermediate, um, then went to college Took, took two horses with me. Um, and actually I love to tell this story. Uh, I was in college in Spanish class and, um, I was reading a magazine, a USA magazine, uh, instead of paying attention in class. And, uh, it was the, the episode or the issue was, um, the year that Jan Binney won first and second at Jersey Fresh. And I wish I could remember what the chestnut's name was, but I'm pretty positive that the bay was in midair. Um, I think. Anyways, she was definitely 
riding two horses, she got first and second. And it was like literally that day at that desk that I was like, I want to be like Jam Biddy. Like that was it. It was like flip switch. And then that like kicked off an entire whole different life path there. And, uh, and I ended up just leaving, leaving college. I really regret that now, uh, to go become a working student and, uh, the rest is history. And and then once, you know, I, I asked my parents, my parents are both retired colonels in the military. So, um, and my sister's a lawyer. So the school thing was fairly important and we were a very disciplined family. Um, and so when I came to my parents and said, you know, I really would like to quit <laughs> college and then go work for somebody as a working student, uh, and then do this professionally. Uh, actually they were like, okay, well, that's fine. I would really like it if you finished college at some your education at some point, but we understand like we know that you're driven. So you need to consider being a working student, your education. That's what we're supporting. And you better not fail <laughs> and in the very nicest way, but it, you know, like in our family, we sort of know it's just like, we're just naturally a driven family and and maybe just for um, my competitiveness, I don't know. I like failure was just not an option. Like it just wasn't even, I couldn't go back to my parents with my tail between my legs and say, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> that ain't happening. So I did and I never did. And so then I was working student and then I started my own business in California. And then, um, then one of my, uh, clients in California owned a farm in Kentucky that they leased out to people and they offered it to me um, once in 2000 and set I don't, what year was the world games here oh. whatever year the world games was here I went and checked out the farm and anyways that was I was far too early and I like, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready for that kind of move. And I, I politely said, no, I can't, I can't move. I can't, I can't do that. Um, and then a couple of years later, I was really, really, really ready for a change and, you know, kind of thought, okay, if I really want to take a stab at this and be good, but be great, like be really competitive on the uh, American stage or the world stage. And I really needed to, go out and try something new. If I wanted to come back to California at some point, then cool. I could, but really need to venture outside my comfort zone. Um, and so then I, I t- asked them if I could take that farm over and they said yes. And uh, it's going to be 10 years ago next week that I moved here. Wow. And I packed up seven, six horses, one truck and one U-Haul and two dogs packed everything up, moved across the country. My dad helped me and, uh, and then he dropped me off. And there I was on a hundred acres at my own farm, uh, having no idea what I was doing. And I was 20 through 24, I was 24. Okay. And um, yeah. And then winter started. 
Oh. <laughs> on an empty farm. I mean, I was like, literally had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what I signed up for. And uh, that, I mean, I mean, the last 10 years has been like the wildest adventure. It's been, I, I'm so glad that I was young and stupid. Like I had no idea how hard that was going to be. But like I said, there was no failure. wasn't an option. So I just I started a business. I waitressed for a long time uh, at night and slowly just built a business in Paris, Kentucky and um, was there for four years. And it like, there's a lot of people that worked for me or have that, or that, or that started riding with me there that either have come along with me to the new farm or still work for me or still very good friends. Um, so it's really fun to reminisce on the good old days at the first farm because it was, it was a little wild west out there at some point. <laughs> like, I mean, it was, it, we, yeah, we, we, we did, we did think we did whatever we had to do and worked very, very long hours to make it all work. And, learned a lot in that, in those couple of years. And then after four years, I said, you know, I really need to change. And, um, lucky enough, I just was stumbled across, um, Valley view, which is the farm that I'm at now. And they were in transition looking for a trainer and I was in transition looking for a farm and we partnered up and it's been one of the best decisions of my life. And, uh, so I've been there for almost six years now and they own a lot of horses for me and we have a beautiful farm out there and a lot of horses and a lot of business and I couldn't ask for anything more really. Wow. Mm. Well, that's, yeah. that's very fantastic. Yeah. You're, you got your A, you know, you had your A. So how old were you when you got your A in Pony Club? 17. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you were young. Yeah. You were all, I mean, so it isn't like you were just like, okay riding by the time you were in college i mean you had your eight pony clubs so you were riding seriously you know yeah yeah i got an intermediate like 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 fairly mildly successfully unsuccessfully like i mean i had a little thoroughbred that one thoroughbred that i took through intermediate one that i took through preliminary um and at the time yeah i thought i was very experienced yeah thank but, god for for like but young, now <laughs> been young and yeah dumb, that's what i mean like i mean i I was like, oh, I run like a 10 acre farm in California and like 10 horses and I can do this. No, no. Like that's the, Kentucky's a different thing on a hundred acres that grows grass faster than you can yeah. do it. And like, I mean, like you cannot keep up with it. I didn't have enough staff. I didn't have enough equipment. I didn't have enough money. I didn't have enough horses. I didn't have enough anything. I didn't have enough energy. I didn't have anything uh, enough, but what I did have was like a whole lot of support. I had good friends. I had good people around me. I apparently had to have a good attitude because I was able to build a business. And, um, and luckily my parents instilled a very serious work ethic in me. So I worked whatever hours that needed to be worked. And I, w I made a lot of friends and a lot of um, good connections, actually waitressing in town. I mean, like that was, I did that um, for money, but it actually worked out in my favor, like tenfold in just because Kentucky is like a real community based place. And so I made a lot of connections just doing that. And, um, and then my, I was able to do my first stab at Kentucky, um, in the second year that I was there. So the, the horse that I had been 
going advanced on like I, so I, when I went to college, I had not gone advanced. And then when I became a working student, then I, I got a couple, um, well, one, one wonderful horse that was last call. She was, um, she was like the real first step in my career. Um, she's a wonderful mare that I did take through three star, four star. And then I tried Kentucky, um, the second year that I was in, in Kentucky, that was that was a good move for my, for my business as well, because I was one of the only, or I think I was the only Kentucky based rider in Kentucky that year. And, you know, in the back of my mind, did I really know that I was going to make it around? Was I ready? Mm-hmm. I mean, I was successful at the, at, at the level below, but mm-hmm. she was all warm blood. I was pretty light on experience with other horses anyways. Um, and she, but she was safe and I knew that if she couldn't do it that she couldn't do it safely, like that she wouldn't do it if it wasn't safe. And so um, it, it was advantageous to be able to just be on that stage and to do it. And she was a wonderful dressage horse. And so I ended up being the highest placing American after dressage that year. And I didn't make it around cross country and, you know, whatever. And that was the end of that. But it's still like, you know, I had a press conference with William and Andrew and like, I mean, stuff that like I have never been able to do since. And, um, and so, yeah, it was a bummer that I didn't get to finish, but I probably in retrospect, wasn't really ready to finish a five-star. Like I really, it's amazing what, you know, in hindsight, but, uh, either way it was like, it was a really good experience and it was a good way to get my name out there. And it was, you know, it was a good kickoff to my career in Kentucky and, um, and then from there, I just kind of kept slowly building on it and building on it. And eventually I made it around Kentucky. It took me a few years, but I got there. Yeah. So, How long were you waiting tables? Like for those first couple of years, how many years were you waiting tables? Shoot. I don't know. Uh, I'm mean, at least two. Wow. Uh, That's incredible. Two. Two and then the third year, like I, I think I mean like I always stayed in very good contact with the owners. Like we were good, very good friends. Um, so probably on the third year, like I like they called me if they needed help or like it was right down the street. And it was like I mean I kind of like waitressing. Like I like I really kind of enjoy it um, because I'm very shy, um, and for whatever reason, I feel like it's very easy to be social and be friendly and I made good money and it was easy cash. And what else was I going to be doing at night? You know, like, so I, like, I always really enjoyed it. Like, okay, did I want to like change clothes, shower and like, and then go to a second job? No, not really. But like, once I was there, I'm afraid that if I hadn't have done that, I would have been a hermit. Like I would have been scared to make friends. And I, like, I wouldn't have known how to even, make the next step and luckily I was in Paris not Lexington and it's an even smaller town um and I still have friends that like I mean like that was a proper network that I made of friends and people to help me and so you know it was fun and it was advantageous I think that's I think that's really uh, see that's why I love this show Karen I love talking to people because I love hearing the different way people Mm -hmm. got to where they're at and 
you know, you're th- th- doing a horse thing and a farm thing by day. And then, you know, you didn't, you didn't, a lot of people just would just pack it up and say, I'm not cut out for this. But I think that, and the fact that you found that, that silver lining also besides the money, but then meeting all the people and the, how it, it just, it got you out of your show. And I think that's so cool. Mm-hmm. I really do think that's so fantastic. <laughs> Did you ever tell Jan Vinny the story personally or, or has she heard it through the grapevine or? She does. She does know it. I I have told her. I have the first time I told her, I was crying. I was so emotional. Like I got to meet her. I love Jan. I think the world of Jan. Mm-hmm. I've never ridden with her, but I think she's great. I just really like her. And uh, I've told the story once. I think like some Kentucky interview for something. I remember doing it at the head of the lake and saying it. And I think I told. I think. First time I spoke to her, I think that's why I got choked up because I like thanked her because I was at Kentucky riding and like I genuinely don't know how. I mean, maybe I would have gotten there somehow, anyways. I don't know, but like it really was not big part of the bigger plan. And and I mean, I, yeah, okay, must have been going on somewhere in the subconscious in my mind that I wasn't happy at school and I wanted to do something different. I don't know, but. Uh, but it's like clear as day. Like I can see the picture of the horse and it was not, and the bay was the, I think the better one in midair was second. I'm pretty positive because it was a chestnut with polo wraps on. I thought, man, she looks so cool. in those really white, po- like really white polo wraps. I want to do that. And so, yeah. So I think she does know. That's awesome. We were, I'm we were starstruck. We, we interviewed her yeah. and we were very starstruck yeah. and we've met her in person yeah, and she's like, she's so nice. She's so nice, nice but she is like, she, she, nice. she, she's, uh, you know, she's like larger than life. Like, you know, like in, in, uh, like, um, I don't know as, as, you know, she's like a Karen O'Connor level to us. Like she's huge. You know what I mean? And then yeah. to meet her and then to be so cool. And you're like, mm-hmm. man, oh man, she's nice. And, she knew who we were and know. stuff, you know, <laughs> it's like, geez. yeah, she's the best. She really is. <laughs> so is Karen, you know, they're, they're fantastic. But you yeah. know, when you meet people like that, that you read about, you only saw them in the magazines or you saw them just at a blur as they cruise by on, on course, you know, and then, but then in this case, Jan didn't, you know, how, how cool was that for Jan too, to know that she changed your, the trajectory yeah. of your life, you know, what did I mean? Yeah. You I- know. We have an I mean, I was crying. She did get a little choked up. So I felt like not, I felt less stupid for crying because then I gave her a hug and, and she was choked up. So it was like a nice little, I like to think it was a moment. I'm not sure if she does, but Aww. I don't know if you're going to go. But at least like, she does know how important she is to somebody. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. just, like, I literally have never ridden with her and I'm, I like, she's like, like on the top of my list. <laughs> we might want to like hook that up somehow, yeah. you know, just <laughs> Just to see if she's all she's cracked up to be, you know? And yeah, I know. I don't want that illusion to die. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, yeah. No. yeah. yeah never meet she's just going to be a wonderful. Uh, yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. Hey, how does it work having a long-distance coaching relationship with Buck? Because I know some other people that kind of have the similar – Buck seems to have some spread-out students and things like that. How does that work? How do you? How often do you get to train with them how, for you to consider him still your coach? How does that work? Well, he, um, so in Florida, I stay at his, like I rent a barn or I rent stalls from him and my whole barn moves onto his property. So, you know, we have like 20, 30 horses there in the winter. Um, and I exchange with him all the time then like I'll get, I'll be super annoying and get as many lessons as I can. 
Um, I think he probably gets sick of it. Like I, like I definitely know he gets sick of it, but he also, I know he actually like really loves it too. So, uh, and then, you know, during the season, like, okay, so that Florida leads into Kentucky. And then if, you know, after Kentucky, if I'm riding someone at Jersey, I'll go up from Kentucky to Jersey early. I'll stay at his place or the same thing during plantation or from Morgan to Fairhill, I stay at his place or, you know, like in the summer, I don't see him very much and we could go a fair amount of time without talking. Um, but then in the winter, like I see him all the time and in the fall, uh, I see him fairly frequently. And then if I make any, you know, big life choice about whatever, I'll call him. And when he doesn't answer, then I'll call him again. And then when he doesn't answer, then I'll call him again. And I'll just keep calling until he answers. And he knows, he knows he doesn't answer the phone. He knows. He'll say, oh, I didn't see a call. No, 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 he doesn't answer. But it's okay. It's okay. We all have, we all have a very busy life. I get it. Um, and so I just bother him until he answers. And then I get to ask him. And it's, it's great because like, I don't, not that there's anything wrong with writing with multiple people. There's not, but for me, like I need one method and, uh, we, I've trained with them for so long that it's so, um, parallel. Like I would say all my students, if they ride with him, they, they understand, even if it's nothing like something I've done with them, it's still in the same, you know, the same umbrella of information, the same type of words and the same. So it's very understandable. Um, and for me, like, I know it, like, I know what he is thinking and I know how to think like him. Or if I see him do something, I can like get a lesson just from watching him ride one of his horses, because I know what he'd be saying to me. Like, it's all just one, there's just a consistency in that. Um, and it, uh, for me, like it, I rely on it and, um, you know, it has, the, obviously the more experience I've gotten, the less help that I need frequently, but like we're, we would be kidding ourselves if we didn't think we still needed help. Sure. He's, like we all need help. And um, so we are timing, like it's become a pattern or a habit. Um, so I know, okay, I improve my own writing in the winter. I focus heavily on getting lessons and then, in the in Florida, I normally I don't take as many students with me. Last year was an exception because of COVID. Everything was online, so a lot of students came. But normally, less students come, and I spend less time teaching, more time doing lessons. And then I go home, and I get less lessons, but I I teach a lot. Um, and then, you know, in the fall, it's somewhere in between. And I am one, I know myself that, you know, by the end of the winter, I'm certainly a better rider. There's no question there, but sort of the sponge is full. Like I can't keep taking it in. Like I can't keep by the end when we're all tired and um, exhausted from Florida being Florida and the lessons, they're all so good. I start to sort of confuse them. I'm like, well, well, if my, if my, pinky toe was supposed to be pointing to the right on this jump, but then on supposed to be pointed up on this jump, then why wouldn't it be like this that time? Like I, and I like literally there's so much information I can't process it. So the timing is perfect. And I go home and I'll, I can physically feel the lessons coming back as like a horse will do this. And like, Oh, that's what he meant. 
Oh, okay. Okay. I, now, now I feel, and I get to like, let it all settle in. And then by the time I, next time I see him, I feel like it's all a little less scrambled in my brain and then I'm ready to take more in. And I don't know if I've just trained myself to be that way. Cause I know I don't get help all the time or if my brain was always, I kind of always think, I, I kind of think I was always that way. I had a hard time in school because if it, information came too fast, like it couldn't, it all get jumbled up and then I get panicked and then I can't take anything in. So I've just learned how to, to best use my own brain. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense that's how it works maybe maybe i'm yeah so that way too but i get it you have a lot and then let's go home let's put it to practical use let's put it on you know practice what we've learned over this time and and put it to use and i get it i totally get it that's pretty cool yeah Mm -hmm. so i mean and you know buck I, i and i can't speak for other trainers out there but i'm pretty sure nobody is as good as at teaching or as mentoring as buck you know, he might be really hard to get a hold of, but once you get a hold of him, he is excellent. Like, I mean, he is excellent at explaining what the point is, what the feeling is, like, like legitimately, why do you want me to lay back on this horse galloping? Like, why do you want me to wear goggles that have a tiny tiny site in it so that we can only like he's got some wild tools that are like at the when we first started like what are you even talking about and then by the end like oh i get it and there's a i mean the glasses thing it's just so that you can't actually see you can only see one piece so then when the jump disappears you can't look at it anymore you gotta see past it we haven't done that in years i'll bring that up to him but anyways it like he's got he's just he's just excellent at teaching like truly teaching and then you know i mean he's been my mentor for ages i mean like we're great friends and so it's easy like i i know the tone of his voice when he's starting to get frustrated or when he's too busy or when he's whatever happy or nervous or whatever and he knows the same like but so it's so easy like he, he described the, the way my face looked on a course walk. And it was, I don't even remember where we were. And I, I was saying to one of the girls, like, oh, don't worry, I can translate his mumbling because nobody can understand him. And I like, I, I, already, I already know, I'll just tell you, like, and this is what he's saying. And we made, like, I, I made a joke to him about it. And he was like, oh, yeah, and what about that look on your face? And you're like, he's like, I know what that means. It means you don't understand what I'm saying. And we cannot move on because it's not clear enough. And I was like, yeah, you're right. But like, I wouldn't actually say anything because we're in like a group course walk. Like I'm not going to stop everything. Right. But he's like, no, I can, I can see it. Like the tone of your voice changes. And so like having that kind of friend that, you know, like, I mean, genuinely is just like looking out for me and would give me the hard talk if I needed it to say like, this isn't right. This isn't safe. This isn't whatever it is, but also is going to be my best cheerleader. So you know, why change is a, a good thing. Right. Very cool. Plus our kids get to grow up together. There you go. And our good friends, <laughs> Ellie and Addie are cute together. I mean, like it's, it's a perfect match. So. Yeah. Was, uh, uh this is personal, let me know, but it was, was the downtime because of COVID like the perfect time to start a family or was that? It sure was. It, 
And that wasn't the intention, but it sure was perfect timing. No, I was pregnant before I, uh, before, but COVID like became real public and like, you know, like really like a COVID became more public before than, than my pregnancy did. <laughs> like by the time the show shut down, then I was like, yeah, I'm also pregnant. But, uh, but no, it wasn't, it wasn't intended, like it wasn't planned that way. Um, we, Matt and I did plan on starting a family. Um, and it just happened a little faster than we anticipated. And then it worked out perfectly Yeah, because there was all sorts of things that I was hoping to do that year. And either way it got shut down and it, you know, it was Matt and I sort of decided like, okay, we should like, let's do this. We, we like, let's start a family. Like I'm 34 and he's a little bit older than me. And like, especially like in like writers, the female writers, like, what are we supposed to say? Okay. Now I'm going to take a break from writing. Right. Like if you just kind of don't like, I kind of like need to shut my eyes and just go for it because I've always like desperately wanted kids. Um, but it like, there's, there's never, there's never a right time. Like that doesn't, that's not, that's not, that's a fallacy. So just to say, you know, let's just see how it goes. <laughs> and then, you know, it, it happened fast. And, uh, and then we were there and then I was pregnant. And then what are you going to do? Like, you're just going to go with it. And I was super excited. And, and so it all worked out advantageously too for me that COVID happened. Um, and I didn't want to say that that was, you know, a blessing or like, cause it's not COVID's not like it was a hor it's a horrible thing. And, um, I, you know, I kind of feel bad saying it like helped me, but the timing did, it did benefit me a little bit. And, and Matt and I actually both did have COVID. Um, when Addie was, um, I was over Christmas, so two months old, oh, wow. almost three months old. Yeah. Wow. And luckily, I actually didn't get sick myself. I'm more sick now than I was then. Um, but I mean, like the the vaccine obviously was now. They didn't, they didn't know anything about the pregnancy or newborns or anything. Like we hoped that it wasn't effective, like an effector. But I was nursing at the time, and it was kind of like, well, there's nothing we can do now. So it was all okay yeah. for us. Yeah. Little cutie. That yeah. little baby's a cutie. Yeah, she is cute. She's really cute, right? <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> Some beautiful really blue cute. eyes. Yeah. 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 She's the cutest. Very cutie. Very, very cute. That's uh well, congratulations yeah. on having a baby and all. Thanks. She'll be a year here right soon, right? She just her, her her birthday was um was November second. Oh, okay. She had her first birthday party. Yeah. So she's, she's walking and talking and she's a wild woman. <laughs> no surprise. That's no surprise. surprise. <laughs> that is wow. awesome. So, Hey, so tell us about the business and all. So I know you have a ton of students and you kind of hinted on that, but can you tell us a little bit about what, what, what your business focuses on, like all the different things you do? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I, I split my focus, you know, like my, uh, I have a string of competition horses. Um, I have several horses owned by the O'Briens, which own the farm. Um, and they're wonderful owners and have, you know, sort of enabled me to like really have an upper level string of horses. 
Um, they purchased some unbelievable horses uh, through the years um, for me and with me. And, um, and then I have several other clients that own horses for me and they are coming up through the ranks. You know, I've got a couple preliminary intermediate horses coming through right now that are very exciting. And um, so my main, see my main focus is riding um, because you know, that genuinely is why we do it. Like we work so hard is to be the best. Um, and so hopefully that will happen. Um, and I will keep working for that. And then the other part of my day is spent teaching. So, you know, like from whatever 8am to usually 2pm is riding and then 2pm on is teaching. And, um, and I, I, you know, there's really only two good ways, I think, to make money um, as a living. And, and it's to either be te- a, a teacher or to sell horses. And like, I, I, I am just like not a saleswoman, like not, not in any, not in any capacity. Like I'm a terrible salesman. And um, so if I have any sources for sale, you can trust that they're probably pretty good because I like, I, I can't sell, I can't sell anything. So, you know, like I'm not going to sell anything bad either. So anyways, I just, I can't, I couldn't spend my time doing that. So, and I really have always loved teaching and I was actually going to college to become a teacher. Um, so I didn't want to give that up. So I, I, you know, I really pride myself in trying to be a very good mentor to my students as my good mentors have been to me. Um, and so that that's spent every afternoon and most Saturdays and I'm not at competitions, I'll teach. Um, that fills up most of my time. Yeah. Now in university Definitely. of Kentucky, that does that give you like a nice steady influx of new students every semester, every year? Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. We have, um, I have a lot of UK students and a lot of UK graduates. I don't teach a ton of adult amateurs. I teach some, but most of them are college age or, you know, graduate you know just newly graduated um students and you know like the, it, it works out well because the ones that do need to move away for a career do end up getting replaced by the new incoming gotcha. generation so so they'll usually come in board with you and then train right out of your farm with you and and then you guys help yeah you guys do the boarding yeah because like the it, it's a it's all training program so if you're at our farm i got the only trainer there so there everyone is we're all one big training barn. And you have a lot of good students too. Like your, your students are great students. Yeah. They're good. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we try, you know, they, I know that my students do try every bit as hard as me. Some of them, their focus is more on school. Some of them, their focus is more on writing. Um, But, you know, I do actually push school very hard on them. Like I, I always tell them I, re- I wish that I had finished. Um, and I always said, I'll go back, but like when, like, I'm not sure when I was supposed to have time. I don't know, but, um, but I do try to keep them, you know, everybody, they're all very excited about eventing and how important and all I got to do it now. And I, that there's this young writer that's ahead of me and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, literally it's not going to matter in 10 years, but the, like you should really have education. Like, please do that. So I try to keep it, you know, a very not all, not only competitive, but like 
serious about at least trying to teach like my parents to like be the best at what you're doing at the time, whenever that is. And then once you're done with that and you finish that task, well, then you can move on. So, you know, I've got a lot of good students in every capacity, good students to me, good students in school. So it ended up that I had really good kids around me. And I shouldn't say kids, young adults yeah. around me. We try to, we try to give off that, you know, like that is as value view as a whole, like we want to attract the same like-minded people, which has worked out very well. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Well, I know, I know we see our students at the top of the leaderboards all the time, yeah. so it's working. It's working. It's working. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying. We're trying. Oh, so, Allie, we are going to play quick fire questions. Quick fire questions. <laughs> Look at her quick face. She's like, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> and oh, <no. laughs> this quick fire questions is brought to you by Taylor Harris Insurance <coughs> Services. So it's just five questions, and you don't have to be quick, but we will grade you at the end. So, all right, you ready for the first one? <laughs> Am I going to know the answers to these? Well, they're... What's that? Yeah, you. You supposed you'll to know, listen. Know. It's just some simple trigonometry in <laughs> American history. I know. I'm <laughs> so, okay. I panic under pressure. Okay. <laughs> okay. Do you have any good luck rituals or superstitions before you go cross country? No, I try very hard. I I have a few weirdisms, but I don't. I don't but I don't classify them as superstitions. I don't actually allow myself because once you start with superstitions, you can't stop. Like once it needs to be this way, then you can't. And that's all hocus pocus. Like you can't, you can't let that stuff in. So like, do I like my watch on my left hand? Yeah. Cause it feels good. Do I have to? No. So I have some things like I had my armband for ages and I, and I was obviously we didn't need it, but I needed it on cause it felt right. I've done away with that. And I was like, no, don't start. So I will always tell my daughter, I love her before I get on for cross country. Um, and whenever I can, I will tell Matt that I love him before I go cross country. Sometimes he's in court because he's a lawyer, but when I can, I will. Um, and other than that, no. No, I, don't. I wouldn't say there's a weirdisms no, to tell the like people you them. love that you love them. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a few other weirdisms. I'm just not going to go like yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's always the normal weirdisms, not the really weird. You know, ones. like I mean, like Buck and I usually high five. Like we, I, you know, I usually like I bet I bet my girls that like my head groom Katie. I bet she's got more things and or knows more of my weird ticks than even I would notice. She, I think she, but she was she's. Oh, like Buck won't put like multiple numbers in one penny because well, he's super superstitious. So like, you know, one you have a fall on one, well, then you've carried that on to the other one, you know, and I've always had it put numbers, multiple numbers. Um, but then I, I told Katie, I was like, oh, we really need to stop doing that. Cause I fell off and, you know, I like, maybe, 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 maybe it matters. The numbers matter. <laughs> and so then I, I was like, no, 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 that doesn't matter. But then I found out later that she's actually been doing it separate the whole time since then. Like, so she continued on just in case there was something to do with it. But a lot of the stuff I, you know, but like, I, but I try not to allow myself to start because it's really hard to stop. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. Let your groom do it for you. Yeah. Let her be the superstition. Except that she wants to have superstitions. (laughs) Hey, I got a new superstition for you. (laughs) Hand me my left boot. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I want all my boots uh, left over right laced on my left boot and right over left waist. Like, I think riders are very much like baseball players. Like, I say I'm one of the few that doesn't have a lot of superstitions. And I could, I could feel it in me, but I just, I try really hard not to allow myself. I think that's good. I think that's good. Self-awareness is is key. That's the first step (laughs) in being cured. (laughs) And denial. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Denial. denial. I'm not crazy. Uh, I'm just weird. I'm not superstitious. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's how I justify it. It all makes sense. Are you done? It's supposed to be quick, Karen. Come on, get with it. <laughs> All right. Next question. Favorite event to compete at? Bromont. Oh, yeah. I like that one. That's a good answer. Yeah. I like that one. Bonjour. It's very nice. Oregon Ducky. This is a one-answer question. I love Kentucky. I do love Kentucky. It's so fun every year, and it's like it's so amazing. And like and like Maryland was close up there, but Bromont, man, like it is just I just love it. I love it. I love the scenery. I love the air. I love the cross-country course. I love the hospitality. I love the poutine. Yes. I love the air. Like, I mean, like it's a better, it does have good air, air. up there. Yeah. It's very fresh, oh, yeah. very yeah. fresh air. Oh, I just, I just love it. Yeah. I know what you're saying. I love Tim Hortons. I think that mixture of the air and poutine just yeah. has, sets it off. I like it out there too. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's such a great event. And like the hotels are like the bottom of like the ski slopes. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. It's yeah. like the Alps. It's like, I but, agree. It's exactly. almost it America. feels like you're somewhere. It feels like you're somewhere else. Yeah. 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 Away. And they speak yeah, a whole other language, even though they're not that far, the whole French Exactly. Thing. So you really exactly. do feel like you're somewhere. Which I like. Exactly. But yeah. I drove there. <laughs> exactly. So it's a, it's a little less expensive. Yeah, right. It's right. a very long drive. Hey, yeah, question about Kentucky. Drive. And I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. Well, you go finish your quick fire. I have okay, one question okay, about okay. Kentucky. All right. Um, what is one thing you love about the sport of eventing? One thing. Uh, that's, okay. Uh Community. It has to be community. I mean, like, obviously we all love riding. Like, yeah, that like, kind of goes without saying we all love cross country, blah, blah, blah. But there's a like-mindedness and a, a sense of um, team that I don't think you find in, oh, I don't know about every sport or every discipline, but I can't imagine in life in general, people feel as backed as I think us riders feel like the highs and the lows, every rider understands. And so I think there's a common bond, the love of the horse and an aspect of danger that we all love and adrenaline and um, yeah, just a general understanding of our type of crazy it's like it's this very specific type of crazy that like we will work endless hours for very little success. I mean, really, 
success rate is not high enough for how hard we work really, but we do it because we love it. And so I think that there's a common bond there. The, you know, the, the friendship, they're all over the world. We're all over the country spread out and I call any of them and cry to any of them and they would get it. So final answer is community. Yeah. No, I like like that answer. answer. All right. So I'm going to switch that around. If you could change one thing about the sport, what would it be? My quick fire reaction is something to do with consistency, but I don't know how best to answer that because I don't think there is a solution. But like if we could hone in on the consistency with dressage scores or the way we see it, uh, that would make it better <laughs> or the consistency in footing. If we could improve that, it's not, you know, it's not, I'm not, at the, it's not down to one individual thing. It's just, we try so hard and, and sometimes if we don't, our level of expectation isn't met because the um, the bar wasn't set clearly enough. Like what we need to ex- what needs to be expected of us sometimes feels not quite clear enough they want it this way we want it that way and we're we are genuinely trying and I know everybody else is I know that you know but like sometimes it feels like everyone's trying so hard but yet we're not seeing it the same way and that goes for a few a few things but I don't really even know how to put that into into words So that's a terrible answer, but that's my answer. No, I, I do I get, get it. it. I do. Someone's going to gain something from that. Someone's yeah. going to know what I mean. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I do get it yeah. too. I get it. And, and there's, there, yes, I do get it. Especially when it comes to dressage. Even though it seems like they, they want the judges, like the scores are, you know, if they're any more than like so far apart from judge to judge, they're supposed to, but I do get it. Hey, that's really tough. Like we, I mean, we spend a lot of time and a lot of money and a, a lot of effort and for them to sort of leave like, what? That's, that's tough. You're like, they thought it was like, excellent. They thought it was terrible. Like, what? That's kind of hard, you know? Like, and then how do you, how do you explain that to either your student or how do you justify that in your own head or which, you know, what, what, right. Like we're all, and and we're all, we're all trying. Like it's, it's not like they're intentionally giving us bad scores or seeing it from a, you know, like, it's just like, how do we create more continuity between the expectations? 
I'm not sure. Have you ever uh, been at your, you're, you're aware of that. Have you ever said, Oh, this judge isn't over here. Like I know they like to see it this way. Like, have you ever, have you ever doubted in that tight to where, you know, which judges are a little, uh, look what they're looking yeah, for. Yeah. There's a general, yeah. You know, ones that care more about bend or ones that if they're, if you had to have one behind the vertical a little bit or one in front of the vertical, they would prefer it this way over that way. You know, like it's not okay. Obviously, everybody wants their the nose on the vertical, but if it was going to go one way or the other, which one would you prefer? Mm-hmm. And you know, there's like we would know, yeah, kind of which ones would prefer what. Gotcha. But I mean, like, not enough to like. Okay, now I'm going to go win because yeah. they like it this way. Yeah. I'm not that good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get a dog and have a spreadsheet on all the judges. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Not. <laughs> all right. So last question. If you could ride any horse, past, present, or fiction, who would it be? Oh, that was not a quick fire question. <laughs> so quick fire in that. <laughs> See, on the spot, like panicked. I'm the worst at things like that. I forget names. I'm bad with names and stuff. I mean, there's like, there's just so many. Ah. I don't like this question. I'm like, I'm like, like, there's like a million horses running through my brain. And like, there's, and there's one, there is one that like, I, it would always be my top choice. And it's saluting me. Like, oh, no. I can see its gallop oh, no. and it's just like not even. Uh. And it is because of its gallop and it's. See, if you listen to the show more, you would know that question's in every, every episode. Gosh, I really wish I had. Yeah, I'd <laughs> hang up and be like, oh, right, I know. Well, st- we have some guests on that they have like their answers written out. They know the questions. <laughs> There's a rotation of questions. They have a couple different. They have the spreadsheets out. No, I didn't. I wasn't prepared. Yeah. It's okay. Okay, well, of, of, of present, um, I've really always wanted to ride Donner around cross country. Oh. Good yeah. answer. I Excellent like, answer. yeah. So I don't know if he's in like in my, like an all of all, all time, but watching him go cross country, like I loved watching him and then go around. Yeah. Loved his gallop. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> loved it. So that's going to have to be my answer. That's funny. Almost. And it's a great, I know it's a great answer. I just feel like there is one in the past farther back yeah. before my time, because I used to watch the nineties badminton videos all the time. On BHS. Yeah, we got him too, right downstairs. Yep. And all I can think of is charisma. And mm-hmm. as much as I would have loved to ride her around, I know that's not who I'm thinking of. So gotcha. that's okay. You did an excellent yeah, job. Yeah, I mean, excellent, excellent, excellent job. job. Yeah. All right. So, a plus plus. A plus plus. <laughs> and she she critiqued the judges' questions. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever's questions these are are terrible. Exactly. You mean, at least warn me on that, that one. It's like, she knows you're the one grading, right? <laughs> and I'll, I'll do it better next time. Just kidding. Be just time. kidding. Have me on again. We just, okay. We just like to have fun. Yeah. We, we just do. like to tease. <laughs> like to tease. Uh, excellent answers. I liked all the answers. Mm-hmm. They're very, very good. Mm-hmm. So, so Allie, do you have any advice for, say, a young rider trying to make it in the sport? 
yeah, just keep going, you know, just like, yeah, like the more, the more you know, the more you realize that you don't know. Uh, so like you're only at the start, like it's, you got a lot of bad coming before it really starts to be really good. And I think that there is a hard dip, a hard part of transitioning from young rider to professional and like really it's, it's not just a smooth incline. And I think it gets harder before it gets easier. I shouldn't say worse before it gets better. That's not, that's not accurate, but it's definitely going to get harder. Um, because like we said, ignorance is bliss. Like, you know, you go around on your first one or two horses and around advanced or around your first five star. And you're like, oh, I know how to do this. Then the next one, you don't have any idea how to do it. And then you know, like there are, and, and that's going to continue to happen. Like I'm going to think, oh, okay, I know how to do this much. Then all of a sudden I don't, I, I've just realized how much more I don't know. And like, it's endless. Like it is literally an endless learning process of how to really be a truly good rider in our sport. And the only way to get good is to literally keep going. Like, I said, I, I, I fell off a lot. Um, I fall off a fair amount. I, I don't know if it's because my, like I ride a lot and I compete a lot, but I do kind of fall off a lot too. And, um, I try really hard not to, but, uh, it happens. And one year, I think it was 2019 was an exceptionally bad year falling off. So 18, 19, anyway, whatever. Uh, I said, you know what this sport is, it's, I figured it out is who can fall down the most times and be the one that stands up and keeps going. And I don't mean fall off and get back on. I mean, like physically, like get beaten down being like, this isn't good enough. You know what? I'm going to try it again. And I'm going to be better again. And I'm going to change this this time. And, you know, I'm not going to make the same mistake again, but I'm going to make a different mistake because there's something like you think you've made every mistake you can think of. Well, there's other ones you haven't thought of and you're going to make them. And it's just it like, it's, it's unbelievable how much we don't know and how many things we have to go through. And we do it because we love it. Not because we, not because we want to win. Not really. Like we obviously wouldn't do this if it was about money and we wouldn't do this if it was about winning. We do it because we love it. And sometimes it's hard to remember that when you have a season of losing or your horses, you know, you just have a bad season and three of them break or whatever. You're like this, that's just, that's just eventing and it's brutal and we lose friends and, we gain friends and it's heartbreaking and it's awesome and it's exhilarating. And really the only way you're going to get to the top is just to keep showing up. And I, I think that the, the difficulty of this lifestyle is not transparent enough to the generations coming up. And I'm not saying we should scare them at all, but I think if we, if, young writers better understood what Buck and Philip and Boyd have really truly gone through and Karen and David and all the endless people, the great people, the people that we look up to. If you really understood how much they dirt they had to knock off and get back up and do again, then maybe we wouldn't have so many people that quit 
or maybe we would, I don't know. But I think, I think finding out that our idols are real people and also have had more injuries than we noticed uh, and more failures than we noticed. I think it would help sometimes because they are like we said, like Janvity is larger than life. And when the reality of real life sets in, it's, it's rough sometimes. This is a hard job, but I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't, I, obviously I would do it. I would stand back up and do it again tomorrow. And uh, sometimes I think it would be just a little bit easier if we all knew what we really, what the, what the people ahead of us have really gone through to get there because everyone's story, like you said, is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Filled with a lot more hard times than we see from the podium. You know, like when we're looking up at them winning that gold medal, we just see that they win all the time. Right. Oh boy, just wins all the time. Pretty sure it's not that simple. Yeah. He's really good, but it was not easy to get there, I bet. Right. Yeah, for sure. Right. Absolutely. Well, you know, I mean, the guys broke a lot of bones, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean, you know? You know last He's year had a lot like- of trials. Yeah, and last year, I mean, and I know, like, just like just you mentioned Boyd, like, I mean, the guy had, you know, he fell off at uh, plantation, plantation. Mm-hmm. two years ago, and then that started like a whole slide of broken hip and bone spurs and you know multiple surgeries. So, um, you know, it was a little dicey for the fellow. I mean, he was on crutches more than he was uh, on two feet for for quite a few months there. And um, yeah, but, you know, it and isn't it interesting, like? You say that, right? I don't ride with Boyd, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't know one way or the other. Like, yes, of course, like I, I saw him fall at plantation. I knew it was a bad fall and I did see him on crutches and I did vaguely know about his hip. And like, I guess we know kind of, but like it, we forget, we only yeah. see the wins. Well, sure, we, but we all have and so, own. and I, and I, and I would probably see more of the, of the hard times than say my young writer students they literally only see the glory Mm -hmm. and that like no one even they didn't even notice that boy even had any time off and i bet it was literally pain and tears and and a lot of hard work for him to win maryland like what an amazing accomplishment and if only they could really see and and appreciate that it actually just isn't nearly as easy as it, as he makes it look. Mm-hmm. So, right. No, <laughs> but no, I, I, I appreciate those are some wise words. Yeah, Karen. Very is. thoughtful answers. Yes. Allie, you get very yes. thoughtful answers and I really appreciate that. Cause you know, it's the, those are very, very, I'm glad you think it's thoughtful because I, I didn't prepare enough. Obviously, I, I feel like I was not prepared. No, enough. I think it's I'm very helpful. You know, yeah, I think yeah, a, lot I of, we all, a lot of people we talk about all the, you know, but sticking with it yet, yeah, of course. But why stick with? It? And then how and the awareness of saying, "Hey, look, you know, there's a lot behind the scenes," and and um, mm-hmm. so you know, do you think that the fact that like your students are mostly pay students are they a little sheltered from what a working student would see? I mean, and there's definitely pros and cons. I think a paid student, like a, a person that's in for training. You know they're they're getting the 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 constant you know regular lessons and things like that. But then, do you think that they miss the the like you said they see the podiums and the good stuff? Do you think that the, like those type of students miss the 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 grind portion, the grind part of the of the business? 
I mean, it just depends. Like you got all sorts of different kinds of paid students, you know, we got the ones that travel with you all the time that are super dedicated and they see, they see it. I mean, maybe they don't have to work the hours that a working student does. Um, but you know, like I've got some pretty dedicated full-time paying client students that work very hard, uh, and travel as much as they can and their own sacrifices are, you know, having to do homework and because they're full-time students. And, um, so, and then, then there's other students that, yeah, they, they totally miss it, but, and don't see all the work, but usually those weren't the ones that are too driven to do it anyway. So that's imagine. okay. Like, you know, maybe they don't want to be a top student, but I would say nobody is going to be a, a proper professional successfully without being a working student. I mean, I think at some point to really know and do this full time and be a successful businesswoman without independent financial backing. Yeah. You definitely have to be a working student. You gotta, you gotta live it. You gotta really live it. And it seems hard at the time and, and, but I, I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have the first clue as to how to run a barn had I not done all that. And even then I still, it was a lot of trial and error, but still like, I mean, my work ethic was partially built on knowing that you worked 14, 15, 20 hour days, and then you sleep for a minute. <laughs> and sometimes you need dinner because you're too tired and then you'd wake up and do it again. Yeah. And that's, that I think is really a great point for people to really decide, do I really want to do this? Like for real, for real? Or do I want to do this as a hobby? And both are fine. Like there is not a wrong answer to that one. Not everyone is meant to be a professional in this sport. We shouldn't all want to be professionals. And so I think that that really, I think it's such a vital part of education whenever that is. You know, some people do it really young, some people do it older, whatever. But like, I really think that that is a necessary part to find out if you are really cut out to do this as if you want, you know, like if you want to be a Buck Davidson, well, then you better walk in his shoes and find out what it's going to take because it's not meant for everybody. Yeah. Great answers. Yeah, I agree. Great answers. Yeah. <clears throat> and I heard there's working students at Buck's work. I heard that's a serious working <laughs> position there. But I heard that is no joke over there. Never seen it firsthand, but I've heard it's tough. Uh, so, hey, last, well, wind things down. We've mm -hmm. kept you on long enough. Uh, just uh, ha any sponsors or supporters you want to shout out like that before we wind it down? Literally, my life has been changed by Jamie Katie O'Brien. Like that, I mean, the, that that is... I mean, I have had so much support getting me to that point, but they are life changing. I mean, like they have my best interests. They own a farm that I ride at. They own the horses that are at the top of my string and at the bottom of my string coming up and the house that I live in and the emotional support. And I mean, I, I, would not be in this position without them gotcha. and so many other people that are too many to list. Gotcha. 
Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. We need the, we need those good supporters. Yes, we do. Last question: How do people follow along and 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 you know uh, social media's website? How do people follow? Along? I have an Instagram page. Uh, the name is AKMNT1, I believe. I am terrible at social media. I'm terrible at it. But I really want to get to 10,000 followers on Insta. So, like, if some more people can follow me, that'd be cool. And I'm going to really try, like, to post more content. But I am really bad at it. And um, one of my friends runs the page. And she tries all the time to get content from me. Um but like I said, I'm like really bad at technology. Um, so I apologize that, you know, like I, I mean, my website probably hasn't been updated uh, in 10 years and um, that's the real life, but, but <laughs> Instagram, AKA the team one, follow it. I, I don't think there's Do a, I, I don't know if there's a one. I think it's just there. AK eventing. Okay, there's no one. No one. It's just me. AK just no AK. one. Get rid of the one. So, yep. And that is my bad. email and my 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 website is AKMNT1, I believe. I'm almost positive. But my Instagram, you're right. It is AKMNT. Uh, the is. website's AKEventing.com. <laughs> okay, it's there's no one. No one anymore. No. My email does have a one. It does. But that's it. That's because if you send it to AKEventing at Gmail, that's going to go to Ashley Kehoe. Oh. This happened a few times. She and I have sent it back and forth. So <laughs> I guess I, she got the email. I got the website and the Instagram. <laughs> so AK eventing all the way around, unless you want to email me, and then it's AK eventing one. Okay, there you go. Gotcha. There we go. Now, that, now, now <laughs> we got it all cleared up. Clear as mud. Clear as mud. <laughs> yes. Sorry. But the Instagram is very current, and you have some good, uh, you have some, the Facebook's current. The, the, the website's not too uncurrent. It's probably. Yeah, I think 2019 maybe was the last blog. Oh, the that's blog. not so bad. So it's not too bad. It's not okay, 10 years for bad. sure. And uh, it got COVID still, so it's like has slowed everything down. Yes, and you have some great pictures. I'm looking at the Instagram right now. You got mm-hmm. some great pictures. You have the great uh, back there at Maryland Five Star, the beginning yes. course where you yeah, have yeah, the yeah. what was it? Maybe jump four. Maybe where you come down the hill. You had to bend down, and you had like the ditch. Oh yeah, in there. that was a good. That one. was really that was cool. cool. That looking was at good. that right now. I love that that's question. live. I'm showing you. That's oh you. yeah. See, look at you. Take eventing right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Follow it. So we're we're a few shy of ten thousand. So let's get. Oh yeah, like twenty five hundred, twenty four hundred, twenty seven sixty seven. Ooh, see, now we're over a quarter. So we're, oh, we're almost there. We're almost, almost there. there. We got to get there. Almost, almost. Let's pump that up to 10,000. So, well, listen, yeah, let's get there. Karen, was this fantastic? Well, this was great. Allie, thank you yeah. so thank much. Thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, Next time I'll be even more prepared. Yeah. <laughs> have you on again. We'll definitely have you back. So, yeah. actually, great job again in Maryland. And, and, and we're just so excited to see, thank you, you know, the, the future. Your students are, are tearing it up. So, you're just, you're doing great things for the sport. And we just really appreciate it. Thank you, you so much. Thank you. I love, I love being on here and I will try to listen to more podcasts. I don't actually even know how to get a podcast. Like I said, this is only my second time on zoom. I know it's really bad. I know you're busy. You're working. It's cool. You're you're busy. It's cool. And also I just really am like not tech savvy and I just don't, but I, I will try to do better. That's okay. All my followers. I'll try to do better. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please like Major League Venting on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join our community, Major League Venters, on Facebook. Cheers!